You're listening to the News That Matters podcast. I'm your host, Jeff McCoy. And I'm your host, Larry Thornton. The News That Matters podcast is brought to you by the Missions Review newspaper. And on today's show, we're going to be bringing you the news that matters. Our first story is where the Army invites soldiers who were booted out to, uh, because of COVID shots to rejoin. Second is liberal drug experiment fails in Oregon. And third is Department of Defense plans to spend more on diversity training, just what we need. So now get yourself a cup of coffee, sit back. We'll be right back after this brief message. This show is brought to you by the Missions Tribune newspaper. We bring you the news that matters, unfiltered, without bias. The news that affects you, your family, church, or nation. The public has a great amount of distrust for the media today. Somehow the fourth estate fell from a great voice in the nation. A press corp that held officials accountable, a trusted source of unbiased news to an entertainment report where the news is written to fit an agenda and not the facts. That's why we started the Missions Tribune newspaper. We wanted to tell the news as it is, the news that matter. Our reporters have international experience and long investigative pieces to their credit. We cover humanitarian and religious news from your church or civic group to around the world. Subscribe today at themissionstribune.com. Subscribe. We'll send a copy out to your home or office every two weeks. Thanks for supporting journalism that brings you the stories that matter to you. Okay, here we go, Larry. Okay, this doesn't surprise us, but December of last year, the U.S. Army forced had forced, by that time, uh, 1,903 active-duty soldiers from active-duty service uh, by refu- who refused the COVID vaccines. And after failing now to reach the recruitment goals the last two years in a row, the Army has sent letters to these same expelled soldiers uh, offering to change the characterization of their discharge and allow them to rejoin the service with basically full benefits. Yeah, this is pretty amazing. I mean, this whole thing with COVID is so hard to understand. We've even been censored back on our show here and on the newspaper. I think the the key word was vaccine. As soon as we had vaccine, we got censored. Yeah, and, and yet over and over and over, they keep showing that this has not been a good thing, you know, and that it hasn't been handled correctly. And now these military personnel that you're talking about, some of them being Navy SEALs, you know, all of them are important, no mm-hmm. matter what their position is. We need all of them, you know. And then, so what do we do? It's like, well, okay, go. Now the Army is scrambling. Well, all the services are scrambling to try to get enough. They're not meeting their goals, especially the Army. They are really far behind on the recruitment goals. Yeah, even this year, just saw it in the paper two days ago. What is it? Yeah, two days ago. the Air, Even the Air Force did not, for the first time ever, meet their recruitment goals. Yeah. And, you know, that's a combination of a couple of different things, I believe, because we do have a younger generation that doesn't feel the need to serve like, you know, in our generation did. But at the same time, a lot of people are concerned about the whole transgender thing going on in the military. All of the, you know, if, if you're working so hard to do the best that you can for your nation, for your country, and then you turn around and somebody comes in that says they're opposite sex and they have special, easier training and everything else. And then there's also the COVID shots. You know, these vaccine, vaccines are not, some people are not going to do it. 
Yeah, uh, religious reasons and other. Right. And and my thing was uh, the uncertainty. A lot of times, you know, the, this vaccine was never proven. Right. And it, when you consider everything else that has come out in the history of medicine in the United States, it had to go through so much trial. And if they had all these troubles, the heart problems that people have had, like myself, and everything else, if you just had a few of those, they immediately withdrew that drug from the from the field, from the out, so people couldn't get it, and retested it and redid it. And until they got it until right. Until they got it right. This one, there was problems in different areas from the younger people, younger uh, soldiers, and uh, even not soldiers, but adults from the ages, I think, about 15 to 35 or 40. They developed, a lot of them developed myocarditis, which is an enlargement of the heart. And... Older people, like myself, I developed tachycardia, which is a racing heart. And that came from, and I, yeah, there is, I even was finally able to document that. But when I was telling the doctors, they didn't argue with me. They said, okay, I'm not going to take it because here's what happened. He goes, okay. You know, so this was, they knew I was right. Yeah. Wouldn't admit it, but they said, okay. Yeah. Well, and you know, if you look at it, it not only these type of problems, which are very serious, but it's also caused death. Oh, yeah. Death. And people have died from this. And on top of all of that, it still has not worked. You can still get COVID. You can still spread Always. COVID. You can still, you know, you're just, I mean, I've never heard of a vaccine that doesn't vaccine you from. Well, that's what we said that I think way back in January or this year, or maybe before, probably January of last year. And the fact that it's not a vaccine, because if you get the smallpox vaccine, the measles, rubella, any of those, you can't catch it. Yeah. So that's the definition of a vaccine. So all this is COVID-19 vaccine was actually just a medicine to hopefully lessen the effects, the of, effects it. of it and the severity of it. Which it not only did not always lessen the effects, it also gave you other medical problems that you would not have had right. without it. Remember our friend um, um, Pastor uh, Tim at the rescue mission, his son. His son was a, I don't think he was a SEAL, but he was the special forces there, top physical condition, 30 years old, had, I think, 12 years in, wanted to make a career of it, and he was forced to take it. He wanted to stay in, so he took the shot, and he developed myocarditis, and they booted him out. Yeah. And then, I don't know what has happened. I got to go back and touch base with him, but he was, he told his son, if you get, don't get full medical benefits on you when you're discharged that you, we will hire the best attorney in this country to go back well and he get should and i hope he does because it wasn't his fault it's their fault they're saying you've got to take it oh sorry it didn't work out for you now get out we don't need you anymore yeah. you know it is a slap in the face to every man and woman in uniform that to even put them through this and of course the religious exemptions were pretty much shot down our friends over at liberty council have have been fighting the court's in court for quite a bit. Well, they they were back involved again. Everybody it seems like every time there's any kind of <laughs> the Liberty Council steps in. Yeah, Matt Staver, I believe, is the yeah. head there. But uh, they litigated what I'm talking about here uh, against the Pentagon's COVID nineteen uh, shot mandate in a Navy SEAL versus uh, Austin, which is I guess the Department head. Defense Secretary. Yeah, Defense. Mm-hmm. Austin. And uh, Colonel uh, Financial Management Officer. But anyway, uh, they obtained for them 
multiple restraining orders and injunctions, including a class-wide injunction, not just for that one soldier, but for all of them, which contributed to the Pentagon abandoning its mandate. In October of this year, 23, Pentagon signed a $1.8 million settlement with Liberty Council covering the attorney fees costs during the two years of litigation on behalf of many affected service members. Okay, Liberty Council got reimbursed. What about these people that were forced out? Yeah, and you know, right now, it, it's a. I, I can't believe that the military even that did such a backtrack as this. You know what? A, how embarrassing it must be to the management and to the White House to say we're kicking you out because you won't do. Oh, by the way, we kind of need you. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's. Um, did we say we was kicking you out? We didn't mean that. Actually, what we like? Come on in. Let's be friends again. We'll we'll we'll, we'll write all this stuff off, and we can. Uh, you we'll can have your benefits, and it'll come off your record, maybe. Yeah, I think I said maybe, but um, this year Army's current manpower—we talked about that—strength fell to its lowest level since the they entered World War II. Yeah, that was unbelievable. I read that they're well short of its recruitment goals of two years straight, missing the mark by ten thousand in twenty twenty three and fifteen thousand in twenty twenty two, and it's due to a lot of things. And I got thinking about this. They're talking about. Um, the things they can't control, they're saying they're using this as an excuse, the competitive labor market, uh, low desire to join in young Americans. Well, the re, you know, what, what leads to that? And woke training and well, well, woke and diver- diversity. And we have another article has to do with that a little bit, but I got thinking about, and this, I haven't read this anywhere. Okay. But you watch commercials for, Tunnel to Towers, or with DA, uh, DAV and uh, Disabled American Veterans and Wounded Warriors. And you see a lot of these disfigured, crippled, maimed young men and women, but mainly young men. How, if these, you're watching that on TV as a young person, is that an encouragement to join? No, and actually, you know, I think even from, the the whole structure of a young person's life has changed so much since we were young people. Yep. You know, when we were teens, we we had people in our family, people in our community yep. that were military. You know, we had ROTC that, you know, I went through ROTC in high school, which you know, <laughs> helped me learn a lot of the ways of what, how it works, what, how everything's going to go. And then on top of that, you know, you wanted to serve your country. You was proud to be an American today. You know, it's not that way. I mean, you're taught in school that this is the worst nation in the world. Well, the um, I read an article, again, recently. I do a lot of reading, as these listeners know, because of what I talk about. And this article talked about military families, traditional military families that are going on for generations. And many of them are now discouraging their children yeah. from joining the military. And they have a tradition that goes to one family, they showed in this article, goes clear back to the Civil War. In their family, they've had soldiers. And now they're they're saying with what's going on, with uh, the woke stuff, with uh, gender, you know, all this kind of stuff, um, they said, we're we're talking our kids out of it. Yeah, and and if you listen to Secretary of Defense or the high brass at the military they're saying we have to have that diversity we need those people to 
to serve. Well, if you need them to serve, then they should hold the same standard. You know, if, yeah. if, if we're going to go through it, if we're going to go through this training together, then we should, you, you was held to a particular standard. Some people didn't make that. You know, that's the way it was when I was in the military. Some people didn't make it. They got yep. washed out. Got washed out. They didn't say, oh, well, you know, we're really sorry. We're going to let you in anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you just sit down here? We'll pick you up on the return from this five-mile run, you know. I mean, it was, they had to make it. And now they're given special favors and everything else. It just seems extremely unfair. Well, it, the, um, it, it I, I agree with you. And uh, but these people that were, I guess, discharged forced out you know about because of their feelings about the vaccine i guess based on what we know now they were correct yeah yeah and and the army wasn't yeah this podcast has been selected by panelists from feedspot as one of the top 60 humanitarian podcasts on the web we landed at number nine we are reaching over 50 countries too god has blessed us thank you for tuning in and now back to the show Okay, what else we have? That's a little shorter article, but I guess the uh, citizens of Oregon decided that they're going to outlaw drug use, uh, not outlaw drug use, but to uh, pass, uh, to decriminalize is the word I'm looking for, hard drugs, and ended up allowing an open market for drug users to take over the streets. Yeah, so now they kind of regret that decision. Yeah, and they were doing this without any large penalty other than a $100 ticket. So if you got caught on the street, you got a $100 ticket, and drug users and addicts swept into the community, I understand, causing a lot of the, the residents revolted after. And I think they, they, they passed this like 60 to 40, and now 60-some percent want it revoked. Yeah, they're going to reverse that. This was a complete failed experiment. You know, what has happened there is not only did it, they said, well, if we do this and we give everybody a $100 ticket, then what we'll end up doing is we will give them, we'll waive the $100 if they'll go in for, for help. Well, going in for help is the answer. That's, that's that part they had right. But the people weren't giving it up. They weren't, they were still, they didn't care. They were not going to go in for help if you gave them a hundred dollars or if you waived a hundred dollar fine or anything else, they weren't going to do it. So now the people that said, Oh, we're all going to be, you know, we'd love each other and everything's going to be peace and love and joy. Well, now it's not that way. That's at back all. to the old hippie movement back when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tune in, turn on. Well, they said they issued about, I think 6,000 tickets uh, to 6,000 people and fewer than 125 called uh, the self-help line. And out of that, not one of them actually made it through. According right. to the chief. not one, not one successful. Now you figure that's basically only two percent of that that was handed out, called and and at least started the program. Well, you know, a, a drug problem is a serious issue, and people that are addicted to drugs, you know, we need to pray for them, and we need to find every way that we can to help them. But if you think for a minute that they're going to walk through on their own steam, that does happen, but not often. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of, of support because this is a serious problem. You can't just wish it away and just say, well, don't do that anymore. You know, and then I think what they're, they're learning here, this is another, you know, th- this, the whole movement there is just like part of the woke movement. Mark my word, someday we're going to look back at this and say, what was we thinking to say that somebody could be something else? Of course, then again, the way things are going, I don't know if we're going to look back on that or not. But well, I had a, a friend who was a state 
trooper here, and you've got family that were uh, well West Virginia State troopers. Yes, and uh, he's now with the FBI. But he told me one time we were discussing drunks and and drugs and all this kind of stuff, and he said, Larry he said, um, I would rather arrest an alcoholic, stop him, and and uh, give him a ticket, whatever than I would a drug person. He says, now, with alcoholics, they're, they're usually, if they're drunk, either melancholy and, oh, you know, I, I want me, and they're sort of crying this and that. He said, drugs, you have no idea what they're going to do, yeah. whether they're going to be melancholy, whether they're going to be aggressive, yeah. yeah, very violent. And he said, I would much rather stop a drunk, alcohol drunk, than one on drugs. Yeah, and I never thought about it that way. Yeah, well, you know, it's a it's a, really a tough situation, and the law enforcement's got their hands full with these type of things. Well, the uh, this Matt Walsh, uh, I've seen him on TV a lot. Uh, the filmmaker uh, said that Oregon decriminali- decriminalized drugs and a total breakdown of society follows. Overdue overdose deaths skyrocketed. Use of Drugs spread, spread like wildfire. Junkies using meth and fentanyl opened all over the major cities. I don't know. What did they expect? <laughs> I can't. I, because I, I read that and go, like, what, what in the world do they expect is going to happen? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I'm not very smart, but I can figure that yeah. out. Well, you know, I, it's, the thing is, if we would all just follow the Ten Commandments and the teachings of Jesus, I don't think we'd have any of these problems. Yeah, but but we should, but we don't. That's right. Are you looking for a job that you'll love? An office with a view? Call Custer Trucking. New trucks, long hauls, $1,500 weekly. Call 304-822-0959. Drive for a company that lets you haul the money home. Okay, what's our next one? Last, this story, and maybe one more if we have time, we'll throw another one in, but... Uh, Department of Defense plans on spending more money on diversity. Just what we need. Yep. Is there no end to this? I don't think so, because now if you can be a man and then you can be a woman or you can be a tree or you can be a kitty cat, that's just exactly who we need to defend in our country right now. The Department, DOD, Department of Defense, has increased its funding for DEIA over the last three years in 22 they spent $68 million for diversity programs that increased to $86.5 million in 23, and in 24 budget, they're requesting $114.7 million. You know, is there no end to this? It's just well, money after money after money. And you know what's really kind of strange here is they don't always know exactly where this money is, you know, for example, you know how strict some things are in the military. Yeah. Like, like you, you flew on C-130s. When they needed a part, they got a they got that part. But you can bet that there was a ton of accountability to get that part that you needed that, that they put on your plane, you know. Oh, yes. And they didn't just just say, well, I think, you know, we're going to need something like this. We're going to need – we might need – I know that they project what they're going to need, but they, they could tell you what, next year – Based on last year's numbers with C-130 aircraft, we know that we need this many tires. Right. And, and and we'll need more tires maybe, you know, and, and that would be okay. But here they just like, we don't even know for sure where this money is going. Well, that's, uh, I wrote a little note. Uh, 
Well, I'm gonna go, first of all, um, I was in banking, but if any bank, and they you said they don't know where the money was. As a matter of fact, they found out half of the money, half of the assets, can't be accounted for. Yeah, fifty percent. <laughs> if I in banking, or, or if any major company comes along, if we had this problem, this lack of control, the auditors would have shut us down in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, no question asked. I, I got here. That's how I ended up in Martinsburg because the trust department that was uh, where I came to, the, they were so bad and, and things they couldn't account for and so forth. So the president had to look for someone else. So I was brought in here to clean the thing up. That's how I got here from, from the other side of the state. Uh, so, I mean, the auditor said, if you don't get this cleaned up in two years, we're going to close it down. I mean, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And yeah. so I was hired. I had a pretty good reputation. I faked it out here and there, surprised a few people. But <laughs> Well, you know, the thing is, though, if you and that's a lot of – we're talking about a lot of assets right there in, with this bank yeah. system. But that's small compared to the assets of the military. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and when you consider how do you lose uh, – well, and then what do they do? They go right back to Congress and say, here's a new budget. Instead of somebody in Congress saying, what did you do with the money? Where is it? What did you buy? How, how's this account? This kind of reminds me of the school systems because they got all this COVID money. Yeah. But they can't account for where it is, what, yeah, and, what it was used for. Yeah. And meanwhile, we can't. We're short on bus drivers. We're short on buses. We're short in books. We're short in classrooms. We have all these problems. And, and yet, here's all this money. And so, and the taxes are going up. You well, know? I know where part of it's going, but it's not that much. But it's. Uh, most of the school systems now, I just, uh, again, read an article that said most of the school systems are hiring a superintendent for diversity, equity, and inclusion, and they make upwards to $250,000 a year. Yeah. Meanwhile, we got kids walking out in the snow going from classroom to classroom. Yeah, or they graduate and they can't read or do right. math. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest problem, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, you know, and the other thing, too, is if you look at the, uh, the whole idea of the diversity training, shouldn't we be putting our time into training people how to fire a rifle, how to stand a post, how to sweep through in a combat situation? I mean, some of this stuff is kind of really critical for, yeah. for the military. No, hey, come second. You got, yeah, now it's all kind of pushed back. Oh, did, oh, you, yeah. did you see what they, this, the Biden administration just told the border agents that we want you to spend more time and ask more questions with the illegal immigrants coming across our southern border i thought great and then i read it, it said they were supposed to ask them what pronoun they preferred yeah well that's uh, that's information that you not don't ask them if they're a terrorist or they have connections <laughs> no. to a terrorist group that's not can important, you believe that we don't want to offend somebody by calling him a man when he's a man the other thing that they sir. talked about here was doing that the funds going to un- unconscious bias diversity training what the heck is that? Unconscious, you know, <laughs> bias. You know, I. I you, think you, they call you, it that because you have to be unconscious to approve some of this stuff. But the, you know, we didn't care. Who, for your case, who was in the foxhole with you? Yeah. Or who's in the airplane doing the? If everybody did their job, we don't care if they were black, white, pink, green, whatever. You had your job to do. And your lives depended on everyone. That's what they told us in the Army. You are not white. You are not black. 
you are green and you this this, <laughs> man, green, huh? this man may be the man that ends up saving your life someday and you know there was a lot of dissension and things in the beginning but as we went through all the training pretty soon you started all pulling together because you was charlie company yeah you know you you wanted took to do pride in yes it. you took a lot of pride in it and also you always knew because the training was the same and i'm sure this is the exact same situation for you in the air force if who, when a pilot comes on board that C-130, you know he knows how to fly. He, the, the Air Force was not going to let anybody on that C-130. That if your loadmaster, yeah. he knew how to do the math on this because he went through the training. And he might be white or black or new, or he might be a seasoned veteran. But it still doesn't matter to you because... He, as long as he does the job. Yeah, he, everybody that's knows it. But now that's not so much the case because... Even your PT training is lighter for people that are trans because they don't have to go through all the same physical training. I'll give you an example of that. You just made me think of that. When we had a pilot in the guard that was uh, came in there, and he was um, kind of flaky, and you never knew what he was going to do. Got to the point that he was also some important person's son. They had to put an instructor pilot with him. Every time he flew, no but they couldn't get rid of him. No kidding. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> that would make I mean, me nervous. That would make me nervous if I was in that plane. Yeah, but but he, his dad was very influential, and so they had to keep him in, keep him in that position, but they had to have an instructor pilot with him in the left seat and let him fly the co-pilot all the time. Well, you know, when I was in the Army and we flew in helicopters, I saw those guys do some pretty crazy things sometimes, but I, I still felt fairly comfortable with them because they were Vietnam veteran mm-hmm. pilots, you know, they, and, and they would steep it in pretty bad, you know, bank it in really hard or come down pretty fast and kick your gear out and you too. And then they'd be gone because they can't be on the ground. But those guys had the experience and also the training. Uh, I mean, it, it's just, to me, this whole diversity thing, I think we should stick to what the goal is. It's the same with corporations, though. We're seeing this in corporations. We're very concerned about the diversity. It used to be they were concerned about making money and a great product. You know, we're gonna, if I make a better product than your company makes, I'm going to make more money. So I want to give great customer service. Not anymore. Now it's kind of like, well, look at us. We, we're so, we have a, especially if you look at some of the major companies. I mean, we, look what happened to Bud Light. Look what <laughs> happened to uh, Disney. Target. Target. Uh, and Coles was involved in and that. And what do you think they're doing? They're doubling down. <laughs> well, Disney. Not so much with uh, well, Bud. <laughs> but now they're trying their best to get out. They, all the commercials now are, you know, football is for Bud Light. But, you know, you got to. We're going to spend a billion dollars trying to tell people that we want to be back where we were. But uh, Disney, this somebody, I have not verified this, but I heard on TV that Disney, uh, because of lack of earnings has uh, decided that, that, that I think the chairman uh, just issued a half-baked, I don't, know, I don't want to use that other word on, on radio, but um, a half an apology. And he said something new. It looks like we did not uh, adhere to what many of our clients and the, many of the public 
uh, felt was correct. And therefore, we need to, in other words, instead of coming out and saying, hey, I'm sorry, we screwed up. Let's get back on let's track. Let's get back on track. He, he did an apology, but it wasn't, it was a pretty sad, but this is Disney. But Disney, the stock, when this came out a couple of years ago, when it went into buy, uh, the DeSantis and them had a go around. Disney stock was $203 a share. Today, it's like $93 a share. I mean, yeah. that's as of a few days ago. And I haven't you, looked at it lately. This is the thing that keeps surprising me, too. People look at these things and are going, like, yeah, but that's not important. It's important that we're, we're diversity, you know, diversity. Yeah. Well, tell that to the shareholders. You yeah. know I mean? They don't see it that way. Well, the chairman got ousted you know, with yeah. the, for Disney. They haven't for Bud Light, but the people that let that commercial – the woman that put that in and her boss are both are both gone. They were they're on leave, and then it was permanent leave. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, we don't even allow them to buy Bud Light anymore. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you for tuning in to the News That Matters podcast. Special thanks goes out today to Eric Matthias for all the great music you heard on the show. Thanks, Eric. Great job. You can find him over at soundimage.org. And go to themissionstribune.com and sign up for our free emails. We'll keep you up to date on what's going in our, on in our newsroom. It's free and it's easy. Feel free to repost, share, like, and follow this episode. And this podcast has been selected by panelists from Feedspot. It's one of the top 60 humanitarian podcasts on the web. God has blessed us. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great day and keep the faith.